KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Hey, it's Matt Leon. The Villanova football team now ranked as high as fifth in the country in FCS after a gigantic 28-27 win on the road last weekend at James Madison. Wildcats overcame an 11-point halftime deficit. They shut out the Dukes in the second half, and this game snapped. JMU's 20-game regular season winning streak, their 19-game home winning streak, and a 15-game winning streak against Colonial Athletic Association teams, including the playoffs. Now, the win was sealed when the Wildcats converted a fourth and one from their own 29 with less than two minutes to go in the game. Caught up with head coach Mark Ferrante to talk about the win, the gutsy decision to go for it on that fourth down, and also to take a look ahead at Villanova's next game which will be on Saturday. It's another road game. The Wildcats visit Albany in CAA play. And first of all, Coach, I mean, putting together a really nice season, a great season to this point, 4-1, and one, and coming off just an incredibly impressive win at James Madison, 28-27. You guys end a whole bunch of positive streaks for JMU in their place. Uh, I mean, how big was this win? This is really kind of a statement victory, isn't it? Yeah, I, I guess it is, Matt. It's the first time we've beat them in, shoot, I think the previous five times we lost. Um, the last time we played them was 2019, and we were uh, we had the lead going in the fourth quarter, actually, and then kind of the wheels fell off. We had a fumble and an interception for a touchdown, and then they popped a long run. So before you know it, we lost by double digits in the fourth quarter. And a lot of the guys on their team and a lot of the guys on our team are still on the teams. And, uh, you know, I don't know if our guys, you know, use that as extra motivation going into this one or whatnot, but they have a lot of experience in, in their lineup across the board, both sides of the ball, as do we, just because of the COVID year and getting those fifth and sixth year guys back that maybe normally wouldn't be here. So our guys uh, went into that environment and a great environment it is. It was family weekend. It was sold out. It was tailgate lots everywhere, RV lot, uh, great environment, really, um, you know, exciting atmosphere to be in. And, you know, as you know, they've kind of been the program in the CAA for the last number of years, uh, getting to the championship, winning one or two along the way that all of the rest of us aspire to be. We want to, you know, be uh, on top where they are. And they do a great job. Kirk does a great job down there. So our guys went in there. They were excited to play. Um, you know, it was a back and forth game. There was a lot of positives from both sides, a couple of things that probably need some fixing on both sides. And uh, fortunately, we made one more play than they did and we're able to squeak out a one point victory. So that was exciting. You talk about making one more play. I think the play that people will be talking about for years is the fourth and one, I think on your own 29, under two minutes, conventional wisdom, a lot of would think you're going to punt and you go for it and you guys get it kind of take me through the, the decision process. You end up going with a handoff to Justin Covington who gets two two yards to seal the game uh, ever a doubt or was it now nah, we're going to, we're going to try to do this on our terms. Well, I, I think the thought process or the conversation really was already starting to happen way before that one play. You know, if you look at the game, um, you know, we were down 11 at half. They had all their 27 points in the first half. Their second quarter, uh, they pretty much dominated. I, I think we had 
the ball for less than two and a half minutes out of the 15 minutes in the second quarter. So that's where they were able to jump up on the lead. Um, it was a pretty clean game. We had, they got one turnover against us. They sacked Danny from behind and forced a fumble game, a short field for one of their scores. Both teams only punted twice. So it was just a, a very, very evenly matched game and evenly played game. Third quarter is when we jumped up and scored our 12 needed points that we needed to seal the victory. So there was no scoring in the fourth quarter, which was kind of crazy because both teams moved the ball. Um, but with eight something to play, they lined up to take the lead with a field goal and their All-American kicker pushed it right, which I never thought that would have happened. And then we drove the field and it was right on the cusp of do we kick a field goal to go up four? Or do we try to get this fourth and five at the 30-yard line? So it's, you know, that 47-yarder, it's like, ah, oh, let's go for the first down. And, you know, uh, we didn't get it. And then they drove the field again. So now the clock's getting shoot up. So going before we got the ball back on that last drive, you know, Bowden and I, and we're on the phone when our defense is out there, and we're like, okay, if, if they score, if they get a field goal, obviously we got to try to drive the field. If they get a field goal, we got to drive the field to try to get a field goal. Um, if we hold, you know, when do we start using our remaining timeouts? You know, and, and thankfully we held on to our two timeouts. And then um, our defense stopped them. They stopped the clock uh, on their third down play with an incomplete pass. So we were able to save one of the timeouts. And so the conversation about what we're doing next kind of all started there. You know, hey, if we can, because they had three timeouts left when we got the ball back on the 20-yard line. So, you know, we're like, okay, we need to get a first down. We're telling the team we need to get a first down. And, you know, you run your first down play and they use a timeout. Second down play, use a timeout. Now we're sitting at third and five. And so Bo and I are already talking about it a little bit before they use their final timeout. Um, then Danny was able to get it to fourth and one and coach Bowden and I had already said, we're going to go for it. And the players on the field before they even came to the sideline are yelling, coach, we got to, let's go for it. Let's go for it. So you can kind of see their passion to want to try to go for it. You could see it in their eyes when they did come to the sideline after JMU used their final timeout. And, and we knew if we get one more first down, the game would be able to be over because they're out of timeouts. And, you know, I, an All-American kicker who is the FCS all-time best. A week or two before, he became the best kicker in FCS history, not just the CAA. And uh, we didn't want to give them the ball back. Granted, if we didn't get the first down, we would have given them the ball back. But we just said, let's put it in the players' hands. They want it. Let's uh, have faith in our team. So um, our, our team was able to go in there and get the two yards when we needed one and then we're able to take two knees and, and, and the game that way. So it was exciting. And, um, you know, I'm just thankful that our players, you know, had the passion to want to do it and uh, went out there and were able to execute. It wasn't blocked perfectly. You know, it, it wasn't as clean as you would like it to be, but the fact of the matter is they, they got it. And, uh, you know, just proud of them for doing that. And, and really as much as proud of them doing that, the defense, holding JMU off the board for the whole second half is super impressive as well. So total team effort um, like we've been playing all year and, you know, just exciting for our team to be able to uh, go out there and, and get, get a win like that. Any wins a hard win and any CAA win is a hard win and a CAA win on the road is, is that much harder to do. And uh, especially at a place like JMU. I watched the video uh, of basically where they had you as that, fourth one play 
is going and you're watching it and you celebrate. Where does that rank? I mean, it's not your first rodeo. Just most intense coaching decisions you had. I would imagine it's near the top because the, you know, that's one that's going to be talked about if it works or if it doesn't work uh, either way for a while. Yeah. If it works, you're, you know, you're, you're, it's the right decision. If it didn't work, you're the dumbest guy out there. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I don't know. It's just, we do use analytics. There are analytics that tell you to do this, that, and the other, and it's a great resource and a great tool for us. And, we have meetings about it on Thursday before the upcoming game. And we talk through a lot of different scenarios and those type of things. And you can never cover them all. You know, there's always sometimes something that's going to go uh, in a game that maybe you didn't have the opportunity to prepare for, you know, and then you just put that in the file and talk about that another time. And it's adding to the list. So um, I, I don't know. I, I, I do think at times you, you don't want, you don't want to go, totally with the book. You want to go with your gut. You don't want to, cause you know, when you get your analytics data, uh, the, the weather's not in it, taken into account. Cause you know, they don't know what it's going to be like on that any given day. And you know, those type of things, what's the tempo of the game? How is your defense playing at the time? Those type of things. So I think there's still some gut or coaching, you know, thought process in the whole thing, but it has been a great resource for us. It has made us more competitive and more, um, what you call it, I guess we more aggressive. We've gone for more fourth downs since we've used this data analytics from CAI than we have in the past. But, um, you know, it, it's just, it, it was great. It was, uh, like I said, you know, the players wanted it. They wanted to try to do it. And uh, when, when you hand it over to them, it, it's, it's their team, you know, and it's like, guys, okay, let's go. You want to go win this game? You can go win it right now. So it's on your shoulders. Go ahead and go out there and, do what you can, and and they did just enough. You mentioned earlier the the defense throwing a shutout in the second half against a, a very very talented offense. Without giving away any house secrets, were there changes? Did you guys adjust something? Did something click in the second half, or was it just guys made plays and you know the execution was at a high level? Maybe a combination, a little bit of both. I, th- I think in the second quarter, you know, like I said. We had a few three and outs in the second quarter and they had that defense is on the field for a long time in the second quarter. So, you know, it could just be a little bit of fatigue and then getting your rest at halftime, you know, just going out there. But no, they, they took some shots and we had some good coverage on some things. They took about six deep shots to try to, you know, make a big play that didn't hit any of them. Uh, so we had some good coverage by Benford and, you know, Denzel over there at the other corner spot and, um, and we took one deep shot to Pringle and we were able to hit ours. So again, it's just during the course of the game, there was a play here and a play there that was either, uh, you know, near misses or just makes. And we had a couple more just makes than they did. They had more near misses than we did. So, um, you know, it was, I don't think there was any crazy halftime adjustment. There was no Newt Rockney halftime speeches. It was just a mature team going in and believing in themselves and hanging in there together and, you know, pulling for each other, offense, defense, and special teams. I mean, Cole Bunch was three for three in field goals. We did have one point that I thought was maybe going to come back to haunt us on our second touchdown. Um, We had a guy up the middle block our extra point. So instead of 14, we're sitting at 13. And uh, But Cole made three for three on field goals, which was huge. 
Um, you know, we did have a touchdown call back. Cove on our second series from uh, on, in the first quarter. Cove had a 56-yard touchdown on our very next series after they responded and tied it up. Cove went 60 yards for a touchdown, but that got called back. So, you know, like I said, it was just a game where it's game of inches, and it came out to be a, a game of one point. And uh, that's what you get in the CAA. And when you're playing a team, as I mentioned, with the with the um, history, success, and the magnitude of a James Madison, you're going to be in a, a war for sure. And every CAA game, you know, throw the records out the window when you line up in the CAA. you got to be ready to play on any given Saturday. To that point, next up for you is a road game against Albany. And, you know, you, almost a perfect lead-in for my next question. On paper, they're 0-5, but I think their three CAA games are three losses by a combined 12 or 14 points. So mm-hmm. you're talking one turnover, one tip ball, one penalty, and it's a whole different story. Uh, before we talk about your approach, what do you see with this Albany team? What are they bringing to the table? Well, as you mentioned, on paper, they're on five. But when you watch the film, you would never think that watching, uh, you know, the way they play on film, you know, and, and you mentioned the the CA game. So 0-3 in the league by a combined 14 points, 15 to 20 to 15 against Delaware, 16 to 14, two point loss against an undefeated Rhode Island team. So and then throw in their two non-league games, uh, Syracuse and North Dakota State. So they're very well battle tested. Uh, they're not going to be intimidated by the old Wildcats coming into their stadium at all. You know, it's their home game. Uh, I believe it's family weekend or homecoming. I'm not sure, but it's one of them. It's another 3.30 start as opposed to a 1 o'clock start. So uh, I'm sure they'll have a very good crowd, and it'll be a, a great environment as well going up there. Um, they played William Mary. They had a 21-3 lead at halftime and then ended up losing by a score. Um, but they didn't have Jeff Undercuffler, their you know starting quarterback. So they played a, a young guy, a freshman quarterback, and that guy adds a whole different dimension. You know, you got Undercuffler, who in 2019 as a freshman led all of FCS in touchdown passes, um, led the country in touchdown passes as a freshman when he was back then. And he's a 6'5", 230-pounder who can sling it and hit the targets and sit in the pocket. And then you got this other guy who's you know, probably 5'11", 6 foot, somewhere in that area, 200-plus pounds, and can run. So now you're almost preparing for two different style quarterbacks because, uh, you know, I know they're both available. Undercuffler didn't play against William Mary. They didn't have their top two uh, wide receivers at William Mary. So on offense, they have more weapons that are coming back into the uh, mix. And then on defense, they play hard, man. They always have. They always will. They got some guys up front. Number 96 is a really good player uh, at the defensive end position. They got a little bit of size in the middle. Uh, They have experienced linebackers. You know, they got Redshirt Jr., so he's a senior in the classroom. Um, I think they have two of them. So they got some experience there. And, um, you know, like I said, when you watch them on film, if you didn't know what their record was and you didn't watch the scoreboard as you're watching the film, you would not think that they would have the record that they have. And, and again, it's a CA game and we're on the road and wins in the CA are hard to come by, um, especially when you're away from your home stadium. So we got to be able to get on a bus and it's a second long trip. You know, it was a little more than five hours on the bus with a stop on the way down to Harrisonburg. This one's a little shorter on paper, but you got to get a little closer to New York city on the way up there. So who knows if it'll be a shorter trip or not as far as time, but uh, we're going to do what we can. And 
get out of here on Friday, get on the bus, try to get up in there, settle in, and hopefully play a, a good, solid CA game and consistent football for four quarters. I would say under a lot of circumstances, this is a dangerous spot because the top line of an 0-5 record coming off a huge win. You've got Rhode Island looming. But does the fact that you have such a veteran team, we've talked about this, and, and a lot of guys that have been through this, how much does that help keep the eye on the prize and not get sucked into, you know, ah, their 0-5 will be fine, like that are going to take this with the, the level of seriousness it obviously deserves? Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll find out each Saturday. As you get into each Saturday, we'll be able to see what the approach is. Uh, we have had two good days of practice. I think what's helped us this particular week is we are on fall break. So right now uh, they're not in class. So it's pretty much all focus on next opponent. Uh, the way we talk about it in our meetings, to be honest with you, is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, let's focus on our preparation and, and what we're trying to do and how we're trying to execute in all three phases um, as we're preparing for the next opponent. Our guys are saying the right things. You know, one of the things we say kind of along the same line that, you know, James up there at Penn State says all the time, let's get to one and oh this week. People say it all the time. I know it's coach speak and that's what your approach wants to be. Uh, regardless of what happens the previous week, win, lose or draw. When you get to Sunday, you want to watch the film, make your corrections, accentuate your positives, try to build off those and then put it in the rearview mirror and move on to the next guy, right? And next guy, yes, you have to know who you're preparing for based on what their schemes and, and situations are. But, you know, we try to take the approach, let's let's worry about us during the course of our week and let's prepare properly. And then when we get to Saturday, let's go and line up against the opponent and hopefully we uh, prepared well. But our guys are saying the right thing. It's a big game because it's the next game, not because last week was a big game, because it was the next game, not because we're playing JMU. You know, this week's a big game because it's the next game. So that's that one and no mentality. And uh, that's kind of how our guys have been phrasing it. And I'm hoping that the maturity and the level of experience we have on our team can handle it properly. But you don't really know. You know, you go through the week and we do what we do as coaches and we go to practice. And like I said, Tuesday and Wednesday practice uh, so far seemed okay. And seem fine. So we'll see how we roll into Thursday. And then um, the test is on Saturday. You know, right now you're just studying for the exam and the exam's on Saturday. So hopefully our guys will be ready for a test. And that will do it for this bonus episode. Thanks to Mark Ferrante for taking the time to chat. Villanova's game with Albany, by the way, a 3.30 kickoff on Saturday. Now you can download the regular episode of One on One this week wherever you get your podcasts. Our guest is former Eagles linebacker John Bunting. You can follow the show on Twitter at One on One Pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt Leon 1060 Thanks for listening, and we'll have more episodes for you soon.